Earlier this year, two women were in a race to become the first American woman to have summited all 8,000-meter mountains around the world. This battle was between a seasoned mountaineer with her new record-breaking Sherpa and a newcomer that recently started rapidly summiting mountains around the world with the help of an extremely accomplished team to guide her. On the day in question, both women were less than 1,000 meters to becoming the first to accomplish this. But before anyone had a chance to make history, two avalanches swept down the mountain and killed the women and their guides. There's rumors ranging from sabotage to good old-fashioned competitiveness. But how were the only climbers killed on a mountain with so many other climbers, the ones that may have ignored clear warning signs to turn back in favor of breaking records? Or were they truly caught off guard when disaster struck? I'm Tatiana, and this is Occurrence. Just a quick reminder that this incident happened only a few months ago, and relatives and friends of everyone involved are still mourning and experiencing their first holiday season without those who were lost in this tragedy. So let's be respectful when discussing in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. On October 6th, 2023, there's an electric anticipation in the air. There are actually several groups in Tibet looking to break various records on Mount Shishapinga that day. It's the last mountain on a lot of lists, and compared to the other 8,000ers, it's an easier mountain to climb. It's not even 100 meters over the 8,000 mark. For Gina Shusidlo and Anna Gutu, they are entering the final stretch of their competition. This competition is different than most. It's not a traditional race to see who can run or swim the fastest. No, this is a race to see who is going to be the one to have their name etched into history as the first American woman to summit the 14 8,000-meter mountains. This competition used to reportedly be friendly, and just whoever finishes first has it. No real push to beat the other, but eventually something changed. You see, one of these women was very experienced in mountaineering. She spent the past few years carefully planning her expeditions in a multi-year plan. But it was the six-month rush of summiting by the less experienced competitor using an extremely talented team that pushed both groups' timelines forwards in order to be the first. Both women were being guided by some of the most talented and accomplished Sherpas in the world. I'll explain more on that later. So, on the day in question, with a layer of fresh snow on the mountain, Gina and her two guides... Kami Rita and Tenjin Lama set off from base camp to climb, but had to stop at camp two because of a lack of already laid out ropes and open trails. Now, this was before Anna and her team reached the mountain, but this is it. It's the final mountain in the competition. So when Anna's team did make it to Shisapingma, they didn't rest at base camp. Instead, they immediately began to climb. They wanted to make October 7th their summit day. Anna was with a decent sized climbing group. It was a combination of elite exped, who Anna was with, and under the leadership of Nimaral Persia, and Imagine Nepal, who was under the leadership of Mingma Ji. The climbers had their individual guides or Sherpas, and the ones with Anna that day was Mingmar of Nepal and Karma Ji. When they reached Camp 1, it's reported that both Gina and Anna were using supplemental oxygen. If you don't know, this is extremely unusual for mountaineers. Oxygen is supposed to be used closer to reaching the summit where the air is thin, and your body actually starts to die due to the lack of oxygen in the air, and traditionally on mountains much larger than this one. 
It's clearly a testament to how laser focused they were on summoning first, that they wanted every possible advantage, no matter how unconventional it was. Now, past Camp 2, everyone was waiting for a team to break the trail and fix ropes. But since only one team was contributing to breaking the trail and no one was helping them fix ropes, it was hard on them. Everyone's too focused on saving energy to break their own records and not everyone is working together in a good mountaineering spirit, if that's a thing. So dawn started to break and climbers were approaching the upper slopes of Shishapangma. In recent years, most didn't use the classic route along the sharp, long summit ridge and across the central summit. Instead, above Camp 3, climbers veered toward the main summit wall to go up one of the snow collars to try and reach the summit ridge at the highest point possible. Now, Anna was climbing with her guide and that group of other climbers with the two companies. They had actually been on the previous mountain together too, but in the heat of the race, they pushed forward and left the rest of the group behind at Camp 2 and went towards the ridge. It's unknown if Anna was trying to take the classic route that most don't climb anymore until the beginning of the ridge or if she was just heading towards the wrong summit in general. But her team leader, Nirmal Purja, was far behind them because he was climbing without oxygen. It's not uncommon for leaders to be behind leading Sherpas, like in this instance, but would a stronger personality have been able to stop what happened next? It's said that the team leaders of the other climbers in the group felt pressure to keep up with Anna's climbing team, and Anna's team felt pressure because of her goal. Now, Gina was behind, but is gaining speed. Her group is on a different line and overtook the group Anna left behind at a terrifying speed. Her guide took the lead with just two axes and was pulling Gina up with a rope. They weren't attached to any fixed lines. Most clients are short roped by their personal guides, but the speed they passed the group before Camp 3 and without lines was the shocking part. Gina and Anna are now climbing along different lines in a race to the summit. Anna is going diagonally directly toward the summit, and Gina is on a line going from left to right across this gentle slope. Anna was heading towards a false point, not the true summit at the top, and Gina was hacking away with her guide in the right direction. At the 7,700 meter mark, Anna and her guide realized they were in the wrong direction and stopped for an hour before moving again. Now, the climbers left behind stopped under Purge's direction since several were climbing without oxygen, and no one was even close to keeping up with the two American women and their guides. Sometime later, while they were resting, the first avalanche hit. Purja shouted, avalanche, avalanche, and they heard a powder avalanche coming from above. Some of the group was resting under a serac, so nothing happened to them, but the radio soon reported that Anna, Karma, and Mingmar were caught in the slide. Shortly after that, it was reported that Anna and Mingmar were dead. At this point, it's unknown if Gina and Tenjin knew there was an avalanche, or even if people were missing and dead, since the two competing teams were using different radio frequencies. Usually everyone is on the same frequency, especially with the mountain not being as congested with climbers. But in the spirit of blind competition, they were not listening to the main frequency. Other climbers in the main group believed Gina's group saw the avalanche and had to have heard it, because they saw Gina's group standing and sitting like they were scouting what was going on. A few climbers in the group decided to turn back, even though they were pressured to keep climbing by those unaware of the severity of the avalanche. Mingmar Ji started a rescue for those caught in the avalanche immediately, and for the most part, those who kept climbing only made it to 7,800 meters before deciding to turn back. 
they saw there were no lines in blue ice further up. Intuition, and Mingmaji, was telling them it was too dangerous to continue. And of course, Gina and Tenjin kept climbing. Perja called his team to check what happened, and Mingmaji called the base camp so they could tell Gina and the others to stop. It isn't confirmed, but several sources say base camp did tell Gina to stop. And 30 minutes later, the second avalanche hit. Gina and Tenjin Lama are reported missing, while Mingmaji continues to lead rescuers on foot to recover the bodies of Anna and Mingmar. A few of the other climbers were injured in the slides, but a helicopter couldn't be used for mountain rescues in Tibet due to China banning it. During the rescue, Mingmaji is hurt. While him and Kimi Rita were rescuing Karma Gyalzen at 7,300 meters, he saw the person in control of the ropes was about to get his feet tangled in it, so he cleared the rope from his boots but slipped. He was almost able to stop himself twice, but he was too tired to actually stop and continued sliding down. He managed to miss the large rock he was falling towards but landed on other small rocks. He's completely unconscious, but someone got to him quickly and performed CPR, and Mingmaji popped right up, rejected help and oxygen, and walked down the mountain. When he finally made it to the hospital the next day, he had a fractured skull and tailbone, but ended up recovering. As of the time of this recording, Gina and Tenjin Lama have not been found and are declared dead. The mountain was closed for the season after this accident, and the search to recover their bodies will resume in spring of 2024. So how did we get here? Let's start with Gina Shusidlo. She was an experienced climber and started high-altitude climbing a few years ago. She referred to Anna as the Instagram climber, and Gina liked to change climbing companies every now and then. In 2022 and part of 23, she was with Imagine Nepal before switching to 8K Expeditions who she summited three Himalayan mountains with over the summer. She wanted to continue with them, but the AK staff had issues obtaining visas for Tibet. So she switched to climb Balaya and summited Choi Oyu on October 1st before immediately hightailing it to Shishapingma. On her way to Shishapingma, she decided she wanted to have a faster Sherpa than the ones with climb Balaya, so she hired Tenjin Lama, who was in Tibet guiding for his company, Seven Summit Treks. Now, Chenjin was known as a serious powerhouse because he helped a climber named Kristen H. summit all 8,000ers in three months and shared that record. So Gina paid seven summits for Chenjin's services, and she also had Kami Rita from Climbalaya when she left for Shishapengma. Now, once they reached Shishapengma's base camp, seven summits climbers assumed she was a new team member since Climbalaya and seven summits collaborated sometimes, and they even confirmed it. Now, this is important because with two Sherpas from different companies, it's unclear who Gina answered to and who had the authority to make her turn back. It's unknown if the Sherpa in charge was offered more money to keep going under the circumstances or if a lack of leadership and a shared ambition between climber and Sherpas further led to the alleged summit fever. The formerly third, but now first in line American woman for the 8,000er title, Tracy Metcalf, climbed multiple times with Gina and was there that day. She says that she believed Gina really wanted to be the first to make history and was shocked at how quickly Anna was making progress. She never had a problem with Gina because Tracy was very open about her distaste for record fever and just climbed for the joy of climbing, not to make records. 
Other climbers on the mountain said the competition for records was strong, but not toxic until the final stage of the race between the Americans. Like I mentioned before, Shishapangma was the last mountain on a lot of lists. Two climbers from Pakistan hoped to become the first Pakistani male and female 8,000 or summiters, with one of them doing most of his peaks without oxygen. The first British woman to accomplish the 8,000ers and also set an age record was climbing that day to make that record, and there were around 50 climbers altogether on the mountain that were on track to collect all 14 peaks. Even two of the leaders, Mingma Ji and Nims Purja, were about to finish their 14 peaks without oxygen. And still, no one's competition was as intense as Anna and Gina. Now, Anna, on the other hand, was not as experienced. She had just started climbing with Elite Exped. This was an extremely talented company led by some of the best mountaineers in the world. The three directors of the company were expedition leaders on pretty much every major expedition their company went on. There was Nirmal Purja, who was former UK Special Forces. He summited 14 of the 8,000ers in six months. He had 10 mountaineering world records and received an award in 2019 for his achievements. There was Mingma David, who was the youngest person to summit all 14 8,000ers. He had two mountaineering world records and won an award in 2018 for his achievements. And there was Mingma Tenzi, who had 20 successful summits of 8,000ers and eight Mount Everest summits. All three of these leaders were part of the first successful winter ascent of K2. Now, K2 is considered the most deadly mountain. It's a little shorter than Everest, but the conditions on the mountain leave about 23 dead for every 100 successful summits. And those summits are always in the spring. Now, Elite Exped boasts its ability to get you safely up and down the mountain, and honestly, with directors like that, it's exactly what Anna needed. So, the group with Anna summited Cho Oyu a day after Gina, and they made it back to base just hours after Gina left. They expected to leave right away, but they were delayed by local authorities, and then had multiple problems with their yaks. Even though there was no proof, team members were suspicious Gina encouraged officers to stall the team in order to delay Anna making it to Shishapangma. So to get Anna to the mountain in time, everyone in the group had to leave their duffel bags behind and head to Shishapangma base camp with only the gear they needed for the summit push which obviously made everyone angry and forced them to rush when they got there. This focus on the competition by both Anna and Gina caused everyone to suffer, even though everyone involved told them several times to just collaborate. This was a competition so intense that a group of seasoned climbers went onto a mountain with fresh snow, didn't wait for it to bind to the old snow, didn't use fixed ropes or take appropriate rest, and some still chose to climb after an avalanche. That's how intense this competition was. So I'll leave you with a quote from fellow climber N. Kiani of Pakistan. While most of us may never climb a mountain, I think the message is the same regardless of the goal or gender. Kiani said, quote, If only they had collaborated, like so many people on the mountain told them. It's such a shame that we women don't support each other. End quote. So what do you think? Leave your thoughts in the comments below. All sources can be found at occurrencepod.com. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.